tired of being a miserable little lightweight your whole life? Have you had one too many ballsy macho men take your girl and kick sand in your face? Have you ever stood outside the dressing room door, looking like a dickweed, holding your gears pierced while she's trying on the dual dash? Well, get ready to bid goodbye to emasculated beach bathings. Prepare to reach inside that pierce you're holding and reattach your goddamn balls. It's time now to grow some serious man-sized muscle and strength. Email pumpactionpodcast at gmail.com for more information. Or cash app pumpactionpodcast $10 right now. And let's pump some freaking iron the 80s way. Come on, we're here. Do it now. My name is Tarago. I'm a fighter from the Soviet Union. I fight all my life and I never lose. Soon I fight Rocky Balboa and the world will see his defeat. Soon the whole world will know my name. It's a primitive clash, venting years of frustrations. Bravely we hope against all hope. There is so much at stake. Seems our freedom's up against the ropes. Yes. Did you hear that? Our freedom is up against the ropes. Could there be a more powerful lyric? Ever written in the whole history of music. I, I think that's it. Well, if you haven't figured Take it notes, out. Take notes, Bob Dylan. <laughs> that's right. If you have not figured it out, we are talking about the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And, and honestly, one of my top, probably my second favorite movie of all time, Rocky Four. Yes, it took us this many episodes to hit a Rocky, and I could not be more excited to um, talk about this movie. So, um, welcome back to Pump Action Podcast. Uh, I am the one of the hosts, uh, Ty Fighter. And this is T-Bone. And we bring to you the internet's only official... Movie companion, workout companion, or movie workout companion, maybe is, is the way I should say that. So basically, it, it's um, the best movies to work out to. And let me tell you, I watched Rocky Four. I watch it every year. Let me just say that because as people listen to this show know that I'm very much a seasonal movie watcher. 
And I always do a thing where I have sort of like a my own little mini movie marathon of not so Christmas movies where it's like movies that have like they're not Christmas movies like Elf or Home Alone or Christmas Vacation, mm-hmm. but they're movies that might have a little Christmassy thing in them. First Blood. I think I was one of the very first people to talk about First Blood being a Christmas movie because nobody talks about it until recently. Everybody's like, oh, First Blood's a, a Christmas movie. Yeah. But I was seriously saying that shit like 12 years ago. And uh, Rocky Four is another one. Um, also, uh, Female Trouble, John Waters. Um, they're like, oh, not Vice Girls don't get cha-cha hills for Christmas uh, with Divine. Funny Farm. Funny Farm, yeah. That's we just an- watched Funny Farm the other day. Yeah, that's another great one. Uh, Gremlins, uh, as well, is, is always kind of a forgotten Christmas movie as well. Um, but yeah, so I always have like uh, something called a not-so-Christmas movie, even some Christmas horror films, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that one. It's Trash Day! <laughs> and there are three versions of Black Christmas. Yes, there are. Oh, Invasion USA, as well, yeah. takes place in a mall, and he's uh, there's a, during Christmas time, so Chuck Norris is a Christmas movie. Um, so yeah, tons of Christmas movies out there that are not so Christmassy. Um, I really wanted to talk about Santa with muscles, and then it dawned on me, why waste time talking about Hulk Hogan <laughs> movies because they're terrible when we could literally talk about one of the greatest Christmas movies ever made, Rocky IV. And yeah, could not be more excited to talk about this. I have a ton of notes. I have a ton of history with this movie. I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about it. Um, so we had a discussion prior, just you know, back and forth texting. You you claim to not really have gotten too far into the Rocky movies. Like it's not like a staple of yours, or like a favorite series of yours. Um, h- how did you come across, or, or do you remember falling into the Rocky trap like I did? No, the first time I saw any of them was like. 10 years ago when you let me borrow the box set you're only 10 years ago it's the first time you saw any of the rocky movies yeah like 10 or 12 years ago yeah i didn't um basically stallone movies in general i didn't really get into for some reason back in the day yeah i definitely got into like arnold and jackie chan and uh some uh van damme and seagal a little a few of those but for some reason, I never got into Stallone movies, yeah. except for maybe like Cliffhanger. Yeah. And uh, wow, I'm, I'm surprised that you never dipped your toe into the yeah, Stallone I waters. I don't know what uh, what's uh, uh, stop or my mom will shoot. Oh yeah, stop or my mom will shoot. Did you ever hear the backstory behind that? No. Uh, Arnold um, said that you know there was this big rivalry between the two, a box office rivalry that kind of spilled over into like a personal rivalry mm-hmm. as well. And um, Stallone, or excuse me, uh, Schwarzenegger was on like a hot streak. I mean, he's like doing Twins, and he's doing like um, uh, Total Recall. I mean, he's like in the in the middle of like the hot streak. And Stallone has always kind of played catch up with him. And Stallone was kind of had always kind of looked because a lot at the time the studios were pitching because he was like Stallone or uh, excuse me, Schwarzenegger was number one, Stallone's number two, and they kept getting pitched the same you know, scripts. And mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those things where it's like, um, Stallone was kind of waiting to see what Arnold was going to do before he made his move. And Arnold had put out that he really wanted to make stop. My mom will shoot. <laughs> and he told his people, you know, in true Schwarzenegger fashion, you know, cause he was always the king of the rib. Um, you know, like 
that this is the next movie that I want to make. Like, do not let anybody near this script. Like, this is my movie. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to be the star. It's going to be make a million dollars. And anyway, long story short, the only reason that Stallone ends up in that movie is because he really thought that that Schwarzenegger wanted it when he knew in the back of his mind that that was box office poison. <laughs> so I love that fact that, yeah, stop my mom will shoot, <laughs> which I haven't seen that in, I don't think I've seen it since I've rented it back in the VHS days. Yeah. I don't even think it's available actually that I think about it now. I don't even know if it's available on DVD or anything. So anyway, but yeah, so yeah, you only came to the Rocky movies 10 years or so ago, 12 years mm-hmm. ago. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, Rocky was a, a integral part of my growing up. Um, I first came across, I remember seeing vaguely Rocky two in the theater. This is a time where like, you know, movies weren't really pitched too much to kids. So you just kind of got drugged along to what your parents watched. I want to say Rocky two came out in 79 or 79. I couldn't have been more than four years old. I remember parts of it. I just remembered that, that tiger jacket, you know? And I remember like the, the, the baby with tons of hair. And this is just me thinking back as like a four year old kid parts of the movie that i remember like the baby that had like like an ungodly amount of black hair and then i also remember um like the training sequences obviously and the double count out the double knockout so that's kind of what i remember of that and it wasn't really until um tbs which we have an episode that's going to come out i can it's a lost episode um about cable uh, cable tv um, so that is where i really got into the rocky films because um, rocky 3 was a staple on um, the TBS show, movies for guys who like movies. <laughs> they played Rocky Three all the time, and just being a big Hulk Hogan fan and a big wrestling fan, um, you know anything that that Hogan was in, and that really kind of catapulted to the whole rock and wrestling connection with Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. So it was like a huge part of 1980s and a huge part of growing up. But um, so I'd always you know loved the Rocky movies, and um, to this day, New Year's Eve, I will always watch Rocky. Uh, the first one because the big fight takes place on New Year's Day. So I'll either watch it, Rocky One, either on New Year's Eve or I'll watch it on New Year's Day, but one of the two. But this one, I couldn't wait for. Let me paint you a picture. All right. It is Thanksgiving night, mm-hmm. 1985. Mm-hmm. And my cousin, and myself, and my brother, we all piled into his Bronco on a cold Thanksgiving night. And we went to the Broken Arrow Theater. It was out there um, in the middle of nowhere at that time. Um, it was off like 101st and Elm. There still is a movie theater out there, but I don't know what it is now. Um, and again, this is back in the day before they had, you know, it was on multiple screens and you had to wait. And so Thanksgiving night, we ate Thanksgiving dinner. We hauled butt down there to the movie theater. We stood in line. I think I ate two boxes of popcorn just waiting in line. And the whole time, I'm just being teased by that glorious fucking poster on the wall where he's like, his face is in anguish and he's like, you know, looking up towards the heavens. And, you know, Duke has has him on his shoulders and Paulie's like reaching up for him. You know, he's got the <laughs> flag draped and he's like battered and his face is I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. So finally, after waiting, um, we go into the theater and... Um, you know, as a kid, I didn't understand the hatred of Russians. I just knew that we were supposed to hate them <laughs> for whatever reason. It was never explained to me. It's just like those were the bad guys because, right. you know, as America, we need bad guys. Anyway, um, 
what a movie experience because it was another one of those kind of like Empire Strikes Back when I saw Empire Strikes Back, how the entire theater like gasped when um, Vader revealed that he was Luke's father. The same thing. I had never seen a crowd more energetic and more pro-American in my entire life. Um, when he kills Apollo, I mean, and he's like looking down and you know, he's like, mm, if he dies, he dies. I mean, people were losing their shit. They were like, yeah, oh, oh. I mean, just like, I mean, they hated Ivan Drago, hated him. And so um, I also remember, and this is a true story, like the final fight. I mean, it was like it was happening in front of us. People were jumping and cheering and screaming. And when Rocky finally knocked him out, the whole theater just, I mean, like literally exploded. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it just came to their feet and just like, ah, I mean, just collectively, <laughs> I mean, lost their shit. Like, I mean, they were mainlining American flags. They were freebasing, you know, the stars and stripes in the corner. It was unbelievable. Biting like, their heads off of eagles. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> I mean, it was a mayhem, mayhem in that theater. And I just miss that, you know, in a way that like where movies had the power to elicit that kind of emotion. Now I just feel like they're just pumped out, you know, and without any kind of, you know, th thought for like you know, how it affects an audience. This has to be one of the most biggest pro-American propaganda pieces that, you know, for a non-military movie. Absolutely, absolutely for for a non-military movie. I just love everything about it, and so I'm gonna let you take over because you know I, I tend to kind of take over on things that I get excited about. And trust me, I have a list that's probably like a hundred things, and I just named the list things I love about Rocky, <laughs> Rocky Four, and then we'll also get into because I bought the um, I'm bougie, like we've said, and I have a 4K player, and I went and bought Rocky Four on on uh, blue on um, uh, 4K, which also includes the Ivan Drago cut, and we'll talk a little bit about that too. But um, what what kind of um, you know what what kind of facts did you dig up from the gold cold siberian ground on this one all right let's get into the the nitty-gritty facts here so uh rocky four is a 1985 american sports drama film written directed by and starring sylvester stallone it is a sequel to rocky three and the fourth installment in the rocky film series rocky the first Rocky was released in 1976, Rocky II was released in 1979, and Rocky III was in 1982. Rocky IV also stars Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, Brigitte Nielsen, and Dolph Lundgren. In the film, Rocky Balboa, played by Stallone, confronts Ivan Drago, played by Lundgren, a Soviet boxer responsible for a personal tragedy in Balboa's life. Oh, I would say it goes far beyond <laughs> just a personal tragedy. Spoilers. Kills a guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So after the success of Rocky Three in 1982, work began on a fourth Rocky film. Sylvester Stallone obviously returns as Robert Rocky Balboa, and he also directs the film, which would be his last directorial effort until 2006's Rocky Balboa. So at least we don't have him to blame for a stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> or Rocky V. Uh, Talia Shire returns as Adrian Balboa. Burt Young is Polly. Carl Weathers is Apollo Creed. 
Brigitte Nielsen as Ludmilla Drago and Dolph Lundgren appears in his first American film role as Captain Ivan Drago. I know growing up really fast, we always called, um, what was her name? Lud- Ludwina, isn't it? Ludwina? Uh, Ludmilla. Ludmilla. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think my brother and I always just called her Ivana Spankoff. <laughs> <laughs> So we're like, yeah, oh, Ivana Spankoff. So every time, so excuse me, I, and I'm in that habit now of just thinking like that's what her actual name is. So if I call her Ivana Spankoff during this episode, it's, that's who I'm talking about. Uh, Brigitte Nielsen at the time was engaged to Stallone, and they married shortly after Rocky Four was released. They appeared in one other movie together, Cobra, which we need to cover. Yes. Before divorcing in 1987. Principal photography for Rocky IV began in 1984. Main shooting locations included Philadelphia, Wyoming, and Vancouver. Not Russia? Uh, no, unfortunately. Most of the Russian scenes were filmed in Wyoming. Uh, it's probably just as desolate and depressing. Yeah, and cold. Yeah. I hope we don't have any Wyoming listeners. Sorry. <laughs> we're just kidding. You yeah. have Yellowstone now, so That's come right. on. Is that where that big Devil's Tower is? Or is that? I think so, now that I think about it. I believe you're right. Uh, some indoor Russian scenes were filmed in Vancouver. I think the the uh, the final fight was filmed in Vancouver. Uh, the farm where Rocky trains was also filmed in Wyoming. So Dolph Lundgren seems to have gone a little overboard with some of his method acting. Some of the scenes where Rocky fights Drago feature the two actors sparring for real. At one point, Dolph Lundgren punched Stallone in the chest so hard that Stallone ended up in the hospital for eight days. One of the producers of the film, however, says it was a stand-in and not Lundgren that punched Stallone, so there is some discrepancy in the story. I, uh, I think Stallone himself says it was Lundgren. Yeah. And this guy says it was a stand-in. So, Lundgren also calls, caused some problems with Carl Weathers. During the scenes of the exhibition match between Drago and Apollo Creed, at one point, Lundgren threw Weathers so hard into the corner of the ring that Weathers started cursing him out and stormed off the set. Weathers threatened to quit the movie, and Stallone had to step in and talk him down. This is supposed to be an exhibition! <laughs> we'll get to that part, too. Filming stopped for four days while everyone cooled down. Weathers agreed to finish the film, and Lundgren agreed to tone down his physicality. Rocky IV used advanced sport training methods and equipment, some of which was experimental and would not see widespread use for 20 years. The robot used in the movie was an actual robot named Seiko built by International Robotics Incorporated of New York City. It was actually a member of the Screen Actors Guild (laughs) and toured with James Brown in the 80s. That is amazing. I love that James Brown took that thing out on tour with <laughs> yeah. him. I wonder if he got the cape treatment too. Yeah. Like they were like, and then like they came out and like put the cape over him. He's like, not done, not done. An updated model of Seiko still exists and is a and is still a member of the Actors Guild and is available for rentals and demonstrations. That's what you need for the the tiki party. Yeah, you know how much I how I would like lose my mind if I walked in and like <laughs> happy birthday Polly, happy birthday Polly, Merry Christmas Tyler, Merry yeah. Christmas Tyler. So it's available for rentals and demonstrations. Seiko even has his own credit cards that can actually actually be used for purchases. Yeah, so if you go to their website, International Robotics of New York City, it's still a company that's still around, uh-huh. and they the robot is. It doesn't look like in the movie. It's definitely updated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like their main thing. <laughs> that's their claim to fame. Yeah. 
Seiko's appearance in Rocky IV involved some controversy, however, and Stallone removed him from a director's cut of the film released in 2021, which Boo. we'll talk about later. Yeah. The creator of Seiko, Robert Dornick, claimed Stallone cut him so he wouldn't have to pay royalties to a robot since he is a member of the Actors Guild. Money which had been used to help pay for Seiko's appearances at schools and hospitals. Stallone claims Seiko was removed to make the film more grounded and less distracting. That's part of the charm of the movie. Yeah. You know, some of the campiness and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the musical score for the film was composed by Vince DiCola, who is arguably well more known or more well-known for his composition of Transformers the Movie soundtrack in Ooh, 1986. I did not know that. Uh, up until now, Bill Conti had provided the score for Rocky movies, but at the time he was too busy working on the first two Karate Kid films. Yes, which so, we'll talk about because there's a musical... Um, well, we'll get to it, but go ahead, go ahead. Uh, DiCola stepped in to compose. Con- uh, Bill Conti would return for Rocky V and Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Songs in Rocky IV include Living in America by James Brown, Hearts on Fire by John Cafferty, Burning Heart and Eye of the Tiger by Survivor, No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper, and The Sweetest Victory by Touch. The soundtrack album to Rocky IV was released on November 27, 1985 by Scotty Brothers Records and reached the top 10 on Billboard's Top 200 Albums chart. And it should be on everybody's workout playlist. In fact, it's one of the elements to make you a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is one of the very few records that I still own to this day that survived my childhood. <laughs> still have my same copy that I got for Christmas. It was also certified platinum in sales in the U.S. and Canada and gold in sales in Belgium, France, and the U.K. Burning Heart and Living in America were top five hits in the U.S., while No Easy Way Out hit 22 on the charts. Glory of Love by Peter Cetera was supposedly originally written for Rocky IV, but United Artists decided to use the song for Karate Kid Part Two. Yes, and we also talked about how um, the song, like, um, you're the best around, uh-huh. that was actually written for Rocky Three, and they gave Stallone the choice. He went with Eye of the Tiger, and then that's why Karate Kid ended up with You're the Best Around. Mm-hmm. Had it been, I wonder how it would have been like had it been flipped. Like if he would have gone with "You're the Best Around," like would it have been the massive hit that it was? And had "Eye of the Tiger" just kind of been like forgotten about because "Eye of the Tiger" was used in like every commercial, mm-hmm. every workout thing. Hulk Hogan used to come out to it on his <laughs> entrance, you know, before he had "American Hero" or "American Dream" or whatever that song was. But anyway, Rocky Four was released in Los Angeles by MGM UA. On November 21st, 1985, and in the rest of the United States on November 27th. It received generally mixed reviews, with many criticizing the screenplay and accusing the film of being Cold War propaganda that negatively portrayed Russians. Roger Ebert gave it two out of four stars, but Gene Siskel gave it three and a half out of four stars. Empire Magazine rated it two out of five stars and called it a laughable turd. Currently, it has a 38% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 40 out of 100 on Metacritic. You know, they had a Stallone on like a, a talk show one time, and it made him rank like all the, the Rocky movies, like uh-huh. one through ten. He gives Rocky four a seven and a half. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, there was a famous copyright lawsuit involved 
uh, with Rocky IV. A screenwriter named Timothy Anderson wrote a treatment for Rocky IV, but the studio decided not to buy it. When the film came out, he sued Stallone, saying the script was too similar to his treatment. Because Anderson's treatment was a derivative work of pre-existing characters created by Stallone, the court judged he had no claim to any copyright infringement. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I wonder if he was hired to do that and they just rejected his script, though. I can't remember what... Just, it was like a fan script or something. I want to say they hired him to do it and they said, never mind. But my question would be, like, how is he supposed to write a script using established characters without the established characters yeah, claiming that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I don't you know. can't if, use the characters that we... Uh, I don't know if his actual his treatment is out there somewhere to read or whatever. Uh, send it to know. us if anybody has that. I'd love to read it. <laughs> we'll, ju- we'll judge it in the court of public opinion. Because <laughs> our, our opinion is the only one that really matters anyway. <laughs> However, Rocky Four was a financial success. It spent six weeks at number one and its success inspired other movies to start releasing major films over the Thanksgiving holiday. At the time, it was the highest-grossing installment of the franchise and the third-highest-grossing film in the U.S. in 1985. The top two films in the U.S. that year, do you want to guess? Top two? Top two highest-grossing U.S. movies, 1985. Is RoboCop? No. Oh. 85, 85, 85. I'm trying to think of what else would be in 85. Uh, Top Gun is 86. I don't know. The second highest grossing was Rambo First Blood Part 2. Oh, I should have nailed that one. You just had that one out. And the highest grossing by a pretty big margin was Back to the Future. Oh, my God. Boy, I'm an idiot. Uh, For reference, other popular films released in 1985 include Goonies, Police Academy 2, The Breakfast Club, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, Teen Wolf, Brewster's Millions, Spies Like Us, Commando, Amadeus, and many others. Can you imagine? Like, that's your movie lineup for the year. (laughs) Like, that is unbelievable. And how many? I saw almost all of those. I remember seeing Spies Like Us in a theater. Yeah, that's crazy. Rocky IV ended its run grossing $300 million worldwide. Adjusted for inflation, it is in the top 200 highest grossing movies of all time in the U.S. Even not adjusted for inflation, it is still in the top 600 and a top 10 movie for MGM specifically. Until the 2009 release of The Blind Side, it was the highest grossing sports movie ever. Wow. That's incredible. So what was that, 25 years almost? Yeah, 25 years. Highest grossing sports movie ever. And think about all the sports movies that came out after that. You know, you have like, um, uh, well, Rudy, I guess, would be one. Um, I mean, there's hundreds of them. I'm just trying to think of some more popular ones that didn't best Rocky (laughs) Four. So Dolph Lundgren was praised for his acting in the film, winning a Marshall Trophy for Best Actor at the Napierville Cinema Festival. The movie as a whole won Germany's Golden Screen Award. However, it also won five Razzie Awards. Worst Actor for Stallone, Worst Director for Stallone, Worst Supporting Actress for Brigitte Nielsen, Worst New Star for Brigitte Nielsen, and tell me how this is possible. Worst musical score. Oh, that is a bunch of horse shit right there. This to me, and I'm, I'm going to get into it, you know, before we start talking about it. This is the most underappreciated work of like 
cinematic score in the history of motion pictures. I think mm-hmm. I'm listening to it. It still hits like even on its own. It's such an inspiring piece of movie. It, it, it's not anything what Bill Conti was doing, but I think it, you're trying to compare apples and oranges. And I don't know, like to me, it stands the test of time. It hangs in there with anything that Conti did on any of the other Rocky films, I believe. It's awesome. Both of them, the training montage and the war. Um, God, that really bums me out that he won a Razzie for that. <laughs> you know what, Vince DiCola? We are on your side. Yeah. We uh, are big fans of your work. That's right. Uh, so that's the Razzies it won. It was nominated but did not win for Worst Picture, Worst Supporting Actress for Talia Shire, Worst Supporting Actor for Burt Young, and Worst Screenplay. You know, else didn't get a Razzie nomination, right? Seiko. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So that there you go. Seiko had better acting in this movie than <laughs> Ivana Spankoff. Yeah. So as you can imagine, the film was not re- well received by the Soviets at the time. Soviet goodwill ambassador Katya Lycheva made a trip to the U.S. in the 1980s and said, in the movie Rocky IV, there is not a word of truth about the Soviet Union. A 2021 article in Russian state-run media claimed an American journalist once said, what this film can be blamed for is the constant and shameless pressure on the audience to treat the Russians and their government with contempt, pity, and disgust. Uh, so, I mean, who knows? That was Russian state-run media claiming an American journalist said that. Well, it worked on 10-year-old me, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> I hated those bastards. In 2020, the Russian edition of Maxim magazine rated Rocky IV eighth in its 12 most delusional films about Russia. The novelization of the film was published in 1985, with Sylvester Stallone being credited as the author. And I don't know if he really wrote this. I couldn't figure out if someone else really did or not. I tried to. Yeah, I think he wrote the novelization for this and Rocky Three, which I don't have. Um, and I'm on, constantly on the lookout for movie novelizations because a lot of times they're, they're based on early scripts because yeah. they like you know. So there'd be like a whole lot of shit in them that, I, that didn't yeah. make the cut of the movie. Um, I've heard on this one they go into a lot of backstory on Drago, which I would yeah. love to know about, and even a little bit about Apollo and his family as well, um, and see if they kind of used any of that for the Creed films. But if anybody has a copy out there, I mean, I've, I've looked at eBay, they're like a 100 bucks, and I'm like, I love movie novelizations, and I do collect them when I can find them cheap, but I just I can't pull the trigger on a $100 copy. I mean, I have all the Rambos. I have Invasion USA. I even have a novelization for the Linda Lovelace Deep Throat. But, um, <laughs> I'll trade you Linda Lovelace Deep Throat for Rocky IV if anybody wants to trade. Yeah. Yeah. The, so there's a little uh, cinematic hack for you if if there's like a movie out. And if you find the novelization, it's kind of like a hidden director's cut. It is. It totally is. there's a bunch of like weird random scenes in them. Yeah. I have like the, Ra- the Raiders um, and also have the uh, – uh, Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of extra short round stuff in there, kind of yeah. like how Jones and Short Round met. There's a whole scene in that book about him picking Jones's pocket and how he kind of, you know, like, hey, you little. <laughs> you know I mean? so, yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, there was some more backstory with Ivan Drago and his wife in the novelization. A video game was released in 1987 for the Sega Master System which is basically a straight-up boxing game where Rocky fights Apollo Creed, Clubber Lang, and Yvonne Drago. 
Another video game was released in 2002 for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, Game Boy Advance, and GameCube, and is based on the first five films in the franchise. A prequel video game titled Rocky Legends was released in 2004. There were a, a number of other Rocky video games released over the years, uh, but those were the, the few that kind of had something to do with Rocky IV. Over the years, critical views of the film have softened with the film gaining praise for its training montages and Stallone's director's cut received mostly positive reviews. The cut, titled Rocky IV, Rocky vs. Drago, contains 38 minutes of previously unreleased footage and alternate takes. To make room for this footage, a large portion of the theatrical cut was removed, so the director's cut is only two minutes longer than the theatrical cut. Mm -hmm. Notable cuts made to the film include the aforementioned robot scenes, as well as scenes featuring Brigitte Nielsen. Yeah, I was wondering if like, there's any kind of bad blood there. I, of course, I noticed that. I'm like, there's no Ivana Spankoff in any of this. <laughs> like, she has, like, one line in the whole yeah. film. And you know who else gets the rub is the kid. He, like, completely edits out the kid. And the, the, the kid doesn't even show up until, like, 45 minutes before yeah. he's getting ready to leave for Russia. So the kid gets a scrub, too, as well as Ivana. Polygon.com says the director's cut has a quote, pin sharp focus on Apollo and Rocky's relationship and its ruthless removal of anything which distracts. Empire Magazine, which originally called the movie a laughable turd, <laughs> praised the director's cut, calling it a much more somber film that subdues its worst indulgences. The Rocky franchise, which started in 1976, continues to this day. Following Rocky IV in 1985, we got Rocky V in 1990, Rocky Balboa in 2006, Creed in 2015, Creed II in 2018, and Creed III in 2023. As of early 2023, it was confirmed that a fourth Creed film was in development. A spin-off film about Ivan Drago's backstory is also in development. A seventh Rocky film was purportedly in development for a few years, but Stallone expressed doubt that the film would actually get made due to rights issues. However, Stallone signed an agreement with Amazon and MGM in early 2023, which would expand the franchise with both films and TV series. There are also a number of Creed spin-off series in the works for Amazon, including a live-action series, an anime series, and a series about Apollo Creed's granddaughter, Amara Creed. And we are recording this in December 2023, so that's what's all ongoing right now. That is so weird. They're doing an anime version? Of yeah. it. That's so weird. The box office total for the entire Rocky franchise to date, unadjusted for inflation, is almost $2 billion. That is unbelievable. So that's kind of what I have about Rocky Four. so I'll turn the floor over to you. <laughs> to oh, there's uh, lots of thoughts to discuss. <laughs> Um, in, in Rocky Four, I, I kind of set everything up, you know, about like how big a movie this was to me as a kid. Um, it, it really did inspire me, though. It was kind of the first time that, like, after leaving that theater, I was so pumped up and jazzed. Like, I had decided in my brain right then and there, I'm like, I want to be a boxer when I grow up. Like, that's what I want to <laughs> do. And so for that year, for Christmas, I've got like a heavy bag. I got like a speed bag. My dad was nice enough to hang it up in my room of all places. Um, I started taking down some of the, you know, pictures of like uh, some of the comic book posters and, you know, things I had. And began... Took down your poster of Gorbachev. <laughs> yeah, I started putting up, you know, like muscle mags. And, you know, I really kind of got into fitness because Stallone is so, sh he's unbelievably shredded in this film. 
Um, and just, I really kind of fell in love with like boxing and, you know, that was also the time like Mike Tyson's coming up and, you know, boxing was still exciting, you know, back then. Um, it was still a big deal, not like it is now, but, um, so yeah, it really kind of, and I actually started training like my dad would take, or my grandpa would take me to, um, a little gym over here in Tulsa over, it was over off 15th street and 15th and Sheridan by the Wonder Bread factory, uh, team lethal. Uh, it was Cecil Pettigrew's gym, and so I trained with Cecil Pettigrew right up until I went to high or I went to college, and so um, so yeah, this movie had a really profound f- effect on me uh, growing up, and um, I've always loved this movie. It, it is probably my number two or number three. I, I always kind of say it, it's a toss up between Jaws and and the original King Kong is my favorite film, and then this has to be like number three or four. You know, I just <laughs> I love this movie so so much. Let and me, so let me just interject real quick. Yeah, totally. And, uh, yeah, I think um, Rocky three and this and Rambo two. That's probably when Stallone is his most shredded ever. Yeah, he looks unbelievable. This is this one. I think is he and Rambo. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he is a long way from Rambo and First Blood. Mm-hmm. And like, I think Rocky three comes out, then First Blood, and then this. Wait, no. What did I say? Okay, hang on. So I think it's. I think the the, the, the the goes like this. It goes Rocky three, then it goes Rambo, our first blood, then it goes Rambo or Rhinestone, sorry, that's eighty four. Then in eighty five he does Rambo First Blood Part Two, Rocky Four, Cobra, over the top, Rambo three he shredded to that back where he's like tying the you know, he, he does the thing yeah. where he's getting ready to do the stick fighting and he's got his hands all wrapped up like yes, insanity. He does lock up Tango and Cash, Rocky Five, and then it kind of goes on from there. But um, this even inspired—I don't even know if you remember this or not—because I still have the Russian flag at home. At one point, the very first one of the very early versions of the dojo was a Rocky Four theme. We had a Russian side on one side, right. and we and we had the American flag on the other. And then I remember you saying one day, like, you know, as a combat veteran, uh, I don't think I can really consciously hang this Russian flag. <laughs> <laughs> my house anymore so i took it home and hung it in my garage until i started getting dirty looks and i just like i oh, tucked the old hammer and sickle away but um so i just made a list honestly because there's so much to love about this movie and the list is, is literally entitled everything i love about this movie um so you know some people will say that the best opening of a film ever is goodfellas like mm-hmm. they say that that's the standard or maybe um, Inglorious Bastards is another really good yeah. opening. Or uh, Saving Private Ryan would be another good one. But if you can't, opening films, you cannot beat those fucking gloves coming out with like da 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 like just like explode in the center and oh my god that's the best like that is the greatest opening to any movie ever um but then you're treated this is a movie of montages which i think is kind of comic there's eight montages (laughs) in this film and i somebody actually did the math on the percentage rate of how much of this movie is actually montage so I'm just going to kind of break it down. Um, but anyway, um, you get the very first montage um, in the opening scene. You get the Rocky Three recap. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I love about this movie. Every movie recaps the one before it. Not only does Rocky Four recap 
Rocky three at the end, it recaps Rocky four, the movie that you just watched. Yeah, it's got another montage. So it starts with the montage and it ends with the montage. But um, here's another thing I love. I love the fucking robot. Um, and then we talked about how, you know, after the success of um, this, uh, James Brown kind of got revitalized because he had his very first number like 10 hit, I think in like 30 something years. Um, that was and so, a top, what did I say? It was a top, top five? five hit. Yeah. I think yeah. It was top five or top four or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I love that. One of the things too that I love about this movie is, um, you know, at the, after the big birthday scene where you're like, you know, like, where'd you get that hat? And like a friend gave it to me. Who blocked your eye? Same friend. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I can quote this movie almost verbatim, but anyway, so like they had the big birthday scene, the big robot reveal. And then after that, Rocky comes in with like a cake and it's like, Hey, oh, it's a nine-year anniversary, and uh, I know it's a couple months away, but why, why wait? And so she's like, "Oh, that's so sweet." And he's like, um, "You know, you ain't never getting rid of me." And then I love the fact that he gives her a present, but he calls it a prize. He's like, "Here's your prize." <laughs> and he goes, "Open, open your prize. Go ahead, open, open your prize." <laughs> and so then she like puts this watch on, and it looks like a snake. He's like, "That's what the jewelry said. Is it may look like a snake." But it won't bite you. And so like, <laughs> I really thought like that was the epitome of class. And I thought, you know, one day I'm going to find a girl and I'm going to buy her that fucking watch. And she's going to fall madly in love with me. So I really thought like that was like the best um, present that you could ever give a girl was that snake watch. And then I also love where like um, Apollo's in the pool like throwing tennis balls to his golden labs or his golden retrievers. The church's fried chicken commercial. <laughs> Catfish from churches, from churches, fried chicken. Catfish from churches. I love that. Um, I love the, um, uh, when they cut back to Rocky, you know, um, he's wearing like that black Italian flag inspired Adidas track suit where it's like a deep V, but it's got like the green, red and white yeah. like stripes. And he's like washing or he's like waxing the Ferrari and the kids like dancing with the robot. And then the other thing I really love is like the Mexican guard or the Mexican housemaid comes out. She's like, Mr. Balboa, Mr. Balboa, Mr. Creed's on the phone. He's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Apollo. All right. And so like, I, just, <laughs> I mean, there's so much awesomeness about this. And this won a Razzie for worst screenplay. <laughs> yeah. No, nominated so, for Razzie. <laughs> so sometimes like I'll answer the phone for somebody and be like, Mr. Balboa, Mr. Balboa, Mr. Creed's on the phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So I love that. Um and then I love, um, like, when Ivana Spankoff is, like, introducing him. And like, it's so freaking adorable how she goes, I like a Popeye. He eat his spinach. Like, I love that <laughs> line in that movie where she says it like that. It's just like, oh, it just, like, melts me every time. But um, I love also the, tr- the, like, the introductory where he's, like, punching that little square. And I had to look this up because he punches, you know, it's just like, your average heavyweight boxer punches at an average of 400 pounds per square inch. Drago, uh, he's like, can punch 850 pounds of pressure. They're like, what does that mean? Simple. Whatever he hits, he destroys. <laughs> so I was wanting to be like, what is that? What is 850 pounds per pressure? So I went to Nat Geo. Wow. And so Nat Geo, and they say, here it is. Um, this is from Nat, Nat Geo's Fight Science. Um, that it takes no more than 1,000 pounds of force to give somebody a severe concussion. And at 1,800 pounds, which is less than what Drago was punching that little thing, 
um, that would be the equivalent of somebody um, you can shatter bricks with your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's the equivalent of slamming headfirst into a telephone pole at 25 miles per hour. Now, this is what Drago was punching. He was punching at the end, like where he's like training. The very end, he punches when he's getting ready to fight Rocky. 2,200 pounds of pressure. Okay. So that blow would be the equivalent of being in a car crash at 35 miles per hour. Uh, and so your head hitting the dash going 35 miles per <laughs> hour. So I, that would put Rocky somewhere on space marine level, I believe. Like, you know, he could withstand that much pressure and yeah. that much, you know, poundage. So anyway, I thought that was um, kind of interesting. Uh, the horny robot. I mean, this movie literally has everything. It has, you know, redemption. It has um, love. It has sacrifice. It has heart. It has despair. It has, you know, it's got horny robots. I mean, it's, it literally has everything. And the way Apollo looks at it, I think, is awesome. I also love Apollo's warrior speech where he's like, you know, without some challenge, without some damn war, well, boy, it might as well be dead, Stallion. Like, that's what you and I this we got that killer instinct that you can't just turn off and on like some 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 light switch. Yeah, <laughs> I just I'm telling you, man, this movie has done that to me. Um, the press conference, um, I love when he's like kidding him around, they act really kind of hamming it up Ali style, and he's just like, um, you know, uh, looks like, like I think somebody asked Drago a question, like, what do you think about Apollo fighting Apollo Creed? And, Drago doesn't say anything, and he's just like, looks like the man's tongue didn't make it through customs. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just so awesome. I love that. Um, I also love the fact that um, when they're getting ready to fight uh, Drago in the dressing room, um, you know, Rocky's like looking at Apollo, and he goes like, hey, how you feeling? He's like, oh, I feel alive, Stallion. I feel alive. He's like, man, I, I feel like I could eat nails, Stallion. And he's like, hmm, I never tried those. He's like, what? He's like, oh, snails. I never, I never tried them. He's like, snails. He's like, n n n n nail style. <laughs> Not snails. I'm like, why do you have that line in there? Like, it's so dumb. So that that was funny, I think. Um, but I've always wondered, like, so they have Drago down underneath, like the MGM Grand, and like Sergey or the guy, I think that's his name, Sergey, um, is giving him instructions that he's given to him in Russian. I, at least I assume that it's Russian because I don't really know, but it sounds like Russian. It could uh -huh. be just gibberish for all I know. But I always wondered, like, what he's saying to him. And again, this is one of those film sets that I must have bought like four or five times. I have it like on VHS collection. I have a DVD collection. I have a Blu-ray collection. Now I have a, a, a 4K. And there's no, at least one the versions that I have, there's no, like, director's commentary. But I've always wondered, like... I even had the subtitles on to see if it would tell me, you know, in, in the subtitle version, but it doesn't. Hmm. But I love how he's just shouting, um, you know, like directions at him. There's just, it's like him and then Ivana and then Drago's in the ring and he's just like, you know, warming up or whatever. And he's just like shouting at him. It just sounds so cold and so intimidating. And then the top opens up and I love his look on his face. Um, I read in uh, Lundgren has a great book out called um, how to train like an action star. Uh -huh. And he talks about that scene where he talks about like how um, the reaction that he got was real. Cause he didn't know like what he was stepping into and they kind of purposely kept him away from what the set looked like. So that when he does come up, it's the very first time he sees that is his, is the very first time that he sees that. And so that reaction is real. And he goes, it always kind of, you know, in the book, he talked about how it always kind of brings a tear to his eye. It makes him emotional. 
because he's just like that's kind of how he felt about Hollywood, you know, stepping into Hollywood. Um, you know, he was just a kid. I think he was only like twenty something years old when this movie was made. And so, uh, but that's that's a cool scene, you know, just his reaction to that. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, and then you get um, montage number two, mm-hmm. which is the James Brown performance. Um, and so, oh wait, yeah, this is it. I have the, the little clip from the book. He says, um, "I remember when we shot the Apollo Creed fight. It was at the MGM Grand. I think I said, yeah, in Vegas. They had me down in this elevator that was going up part of the stage show. And when I came to the elevator, came up through the elevator, I was stunned." And like I said, this is from his book. Um, he said, that's the moment in Rocky Four where you see um, Dolph Lundgren at 27 because that Drago mask fell off and I'm just standing there like, what the hell is going on or what's getting ready to happen? Um, he's like, it's kind of a beautiful moment and I always get a little emotional when I see that because I see that young kid. So that's from the book. You got to go check that book out. It's awesome. Do you have a copy of that? Did I give you a copy of that? Yeah, book? it's yeah. over here somewhere. It's a great book, great book. Um, so I love the fact like when they – how oily – both Drago. I yeah. mean, golly. <laughs> and then there's that moment too where you can tell how oily they are because Dra- or, uh, you know, it's like 30 seconds into the fight, Apollo slips and they're like that sound effect that lady goes, ah, ah, ah. Like, I mean, whoever that was, like she was freaking out that he slipped. Like he wasn't even, he was just like, you know, chasing her, like going back and forth across the ring. Like, you know, Drago hadn't even hit him yet and like he slips and like that, that lady in the crowd's like, ah, ah, ah. And so that's awesome. Um, in fact, I think they even say, like, the, the commentator guy goes, like, oh, that was a slip. That was a slip. <laughs> like, you know, he's fine. Champion's fine. Um, but then, like, when he does get the shit beat out of him, where um, Duke is like, this is supposed to be an exhibition. And, like, all that slobber is, like, flying out of his mouth. I just, like, love that. Like, every time that moment comes up, I start laughing because, like, I know that slobber is getting ready to come flying out. I love that. Um but I do know that um, killing off Apollo, Stallone has said multiple times that that is his biggest regret in filmmaking that he's ever – any kind of film project that he's ever done was killing off Apollo. Um, he said kind of at the time he thought like that would ha- – it would have to take something that big for you know uh, Rocky to step in the ring with, with Drago. Um, so – by killing him off, you know, he had no choice. Like he wasn't left with a choice. Like, when do I do this? Or do I not? He had to. Um, but he does say that he regrets that. He said that if he had to do it over again, that Apollo would, would live, but he would probably be confined to a wheelchair and his character would have a different kind of arc where like, he doesn't really have an arc where he would be more reflective and like, you know what I mean? So I really kind of regret that too, especially now that the Creed films are out. Like you really wish that Apollo was there to see his son. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the line, you know, if he dies, he dies. Like, that's super cool. Um, and then the announcer saying, like, what started out as a joke has turned out to be a disaster. Like, like just all the little dialogue bits I just love. Um, and then, like, when they're in the press conference, too, um, with Polly after Rocky announces that he's going to fight. And, like, they're getting into the, the verbal spat. You know, it's just like, oh, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm the unsilent majority, big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, this is a, who's violent? Like, whose government's violent? We don't keep all people behind walls with machine guns. You know, like, I just, I don't know. It's so funny to me. Um, but then um, he goes home, you know, and Adrian's like, don't do this. Like, he's going to kill you. And he's like, why don't you believe in me? You know, and she's like, because you can't win. And then you get montage number three, 
which is Rocky's car, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, and a Rocky 4 recap from what we've just seen. <laughs> they montage that. We just saw that. And then they, they and then you have no easy way out. We're just like, we're not indestructible. Baby, gotta get that straight. So I love that. Music is awesome. Um, where else are we at here? Uh, oh, I love when like they're, they're packing to go to Russia. Um, Polly has all the plaid suitcases. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And then, like, the robot goes, be careful of those plaid ones. They belong to the boss. <laughs> I mean, what is not to love about this movie? It's so, it's so stupid. Like, I'm just literally writing down things I love about this movie, and that was one of them, Polly's plaid suitcases. That leads in, though, into montage number four, which is Rocky arrives in Russia. Um, less than, and this is no exaggeration because I timed it, less than three minutes after the previous montage, we get another one. And this time, like I said, it's, um, you know, uh, Rocky landed in Russia or Wyoming or whatever. And I kind of thought, like, you know, why have dialogue here when you have um, Survivor to tell the plot of the movie? So, um, yeah, you get burning heart there. Um, and then four minutes later, after landing in Russia, and which most of that is Duke talking to Rocky, like, you know what you have to do, right? Like, this is going to suck, but you have to do this. Um, four minutes later, you get, uh, not only do you get Rocky growing a fucking beard, that looks so awesome, but you also get montage number five, which is the training part montage part one. And that's where you first get that amazing score by Vince DiCola. Um, seriously, I said most, one of the most underrated pieces of music, the synth seriously gets my blood flowing in all the wrong areas. Um, Rocky doesn't even spar in this one. But it's explained in the Rocky versus Drago cut, which we'll talk about. Um, but one of the training sequences, I don't know if you realize it or not, but Drago is seen overhead pressing 455 pounds. So that is an impressive overhead press. Um, so you have that, and then um, he's running, and then he kind of runs up, and he sees Adrian, who says that she's not going to support him. And he's just like, oh, my God, I missed you. And she's like, I missed you, too. Then 75 seconds later, you get montage number six, which is montage training part two, because Drago is such a badass. He doesn't get one training sequences. He gets two. And you get yet another song about a heart engulfed in flames. This time it is um, uh, Heart on Fire. Mm -hmm. So this is movie is soundtrack is great because it has one song featuring Burning Heart and then has another song featuring a heart on fire. Um, but then um, I'm not even going to sing that one because it's too awesome. Um, but this time uh, that leg lift that he does where he's like in the cabin and, and he's like, you know, got his hands back and he's like doing the leg lifts. Mm -hmm. It's so impressive. And what's really cool in the Drago cut, they know how impressive that is because there's multiple cuts of that or like yeah. multiple, like they shoot it from <laughs> multiple angles and it's, it's still impressive how it, his his abs and his serratus muscles are just freaking shredded. Looks so so good. Um, but I also love the comparison scenes between you know Rocky being all natty, like literally all natty, and then you have like Drago being pro science. And mm -hmm. I always kind of thought like this is kind of an anti science movie too, you know, in a way. Um, and I also love in the fact where he's like running on the mountain and he's literally running on like three feet of rock ledge. Where, like, if he slips and falls, like, it's certain death. And I remember it was hilarious, um, like, where he's, like, standing up on the top of the mountain at that crescendo. And he's like, Drago! Drago! 
I remember somebody in the movie theater when we saw it was like, oh, fuck, how's it going to get down? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> somebody in the movie screamed that. Oh, my God, it was awesome. So, yeah, everybody started laughing. So that was awesome. Um, I love when Polly's like walking into the ring and he's just like, you know, Rock, like, you know, you gave me a chance. Like, nobody else would, would give a bum like me a chance. And I just want to say thank you. And if I had, you know, if I could be anybody in the world, I want to be you. And he's like, oh, yeah, thanks, Polly. I appreciate that. And he's just like, now go bust this guy's teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, and then I also love, like, they have, like, the Gorbachev, like, look alike, like, mm-hmm. come in, like, the, yeah. the premiere. Um, who actually was the same guy who played Gorbachev in um, the Naked Gun series. I don't yeah. know if you realize that or not. Yeah, I read that. He played <laughs> Gorbachev in a couple of movies yeah. in the 80s. But he does look just like him, too, which is kind of cool. Um, then I also love like they flash back to the kids in um, America, which I didn't really do the, this math on that, which I should have, of what the time difference would be um, between Russia and um, Philadelphia. But um, I like when he's like, standing in the ring and like Rocky's kid goes, he's got those two little buddies and the robots back there with the Santa beard on psycho or Seiko or whatever. And he's like, that's my dad. And they're like, we know that. What do you think we are? Nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So that's awesome. I, I, again, I, I mean, I'm probably boring you guys to tears, but this is everything that I love. I love the fact too, that, um, when he takes off his robe, um, not only is the beard gone, but, Stallone is so jacked and he's tanned and his hair looks awesome for being in the, the Siberian winter yeah. for like, you know, however many weeks he, he trained there, but he's like tanned up. He looks so good. Um, he looks incredible. It's, it, it's probably the best he's ever looked. I agree with you. And even Lundgren, if you look, his calves are just on fire. His lats, he's got such a wide back for such a thin frame. He looks awesome in that. Um, but also during, so the, the fight starts, they haven't even, you know, made it into the first round. They cut to Duke, and he's, like, hollering, like, instructions, like, get down, like, out of the corner, like, back up, like, back up, like, you know, whatever. And I'm looking at him, and he already has blood, like, splattered on his on his ring coat. And I'm like, dang, like, how did that happen, you know? So that was kind of funny. Um, the, the classic line of um, hit the one in the middle. He's like, how are you, how you doing out there? He's just like, he's, he's too strong, he's too strong. I can't do this. He's like, how are you feeling? Like, I see three of them out there, and. Polly's like hit the one in the middle. <laughs> Supposedly that was like a real thing where like Jack Dempsey and Max Bear fought, I think, uh-huh. and um, that was what the Jack Dempsey was told. Like he's like, how do you? He's like, I see three three of them out there, and one of his trainer told him like hit the one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that was a real one. But anyway, um, the cut is awesome too. Um, he's like, see, he's not. He's cut. You heard him. He's not a machine. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> like I just gets him all pumped up. Then you get montage number seven which is the battle scene. Um, I read, too, where this fight had its own script. Um, Lundgren talks about how when he showed up to train, um, that Stallone handed him a script. He looked at it, and the pages just said, like, left, left, right, right, left, right. He's like, what the fuck is this? So it really had its own script. Um, So uh, he's like, why, why, how how am I supposed to do this? And Stallone goes, well, we already have the music. We're going to play the music, and we're going to, like, choreograph our music our punches to the music so they piped in the music and they were like fighting each other to the beats of that of the song which is why it hits so perfect um so yeah they choreographed that to the music um i also thought and this is a, a punch stat fact not one time in this entire fight is a punch blocked deflected or slipped every fighter threw 
and landed. 100% of punches. (laughs) Everything that was thrown landed. The fighters never even missed a punch. So that's pretty impressive. I don't think that has ever happened in the history of fighting. Everything that was thrown was landed. Um, Rocky and Drago, I love back when they're sitting in their corners and they're trying to look at each other, you know. Um, And then I was like, dude, like throwing the water all over the Russian trainers. That was just kind of cool. And then it's always been contested of like, what did Drago say to Rocky? Like the very final round, he was like, um, but he does say, cause I had the subtitles on to the end. So that menacing is that menacing real black mouthpiece in uh-huh. like, I've never seen a black mouthpiece. I'm just like, God, this guy's so bad. He's so <laughs> bad. He has a black mouthpiece. Um, but yeah, he's like to the end. That's what he says to him. Cause so I was like, I oh, must've said something to him in Russian, but no, he doesn't. I love his goodwill ambassador speech at the end. Supposedly, that was just made up as he went along, and you can kind of kind of tell <laughs> that it was made up as he went along because it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. He's just like, yo, what you guys saw in here tonight is two guys killing each other, but I guess that's better than 20 million. But I thought, <laughs> if I can change, and you can change, Everyone can change. <laughs> and then like Gorbachev stands up and applauds, but in the director's version, he doesn't do that. Like they storm out and they leave that little Sergey guy there, like with his heads, his hands, just like, I'm fucked. Like they're going to beat the shit out of me because this guy lost. Um, so that, that's kind of an interesting little side note. Um, Stallone was once asked uh, whatever happened to Drago. And this was before Creed two. Um, and it says that he probably went back to Russia disgraced, he gets addicted to alcohol and steroids, and he kills himself. So that's, <laughs> that's what, before Creed Two came out, That's that was the ending that Stallone had planned for Drago. I love the fact that he gets addicted to steroids and alcohol. <laughs> it's awesome. And then we are finally treated to the final montage. Montage number eight, Sweet Victory, the end credits. And once again, it recaps Rocky Four, the movie that we just saw. There's a montage of the movie we just saw. Um, so yeah, the, the, the entire film. So here we go. Total montage time, 29 minutes and 10 seconds. The total movie running time is 91 minutes and 20 seconds, which means that if you do the math, the percentage of Rocky four, that is montage is 31.9% montage. So yeah, there you go. There is all of my notes <laughs> for Rocky four. Now, I do have some really think some quick things about Rocky vs. Drago because, like uh-huh. I said, I'd never seen it before. I played one night only in theaters, and it was only released, as far as I know, on the Blue or the 4K collection. So, which is one of the reasons why I told my wife, I have to have this. And she's just like, don't you have that movie already? I'm like, yeah, I have five copies, but I don't have this one. <laughs> so, um, I did watch that too. Um, so, there's no iconic glove opening that I love. It actually opens with the second or the first fight of Rocky three, but then it transitions to him riding up on the motorcycle and throwing his helmet at the statue. And then they kind of recut the scene where he meets Apollo at mighty mix. Um, and then, you know, Rocky's, he's all sulking. He's like, I don't want this anymore. And you know, that's when Apollo gives him like the, you know, eye of the tiger speech. Um, and then, um, it cuts to like the rematch and you know it's like they must have said "Eye of the Tiger" like fifty times in the rematch, uh, and so Rocky wins. But instead of uh, "Eye of the Tiger," they play "Sweet Victory" over the credits, which is kind of weird. 
So that was kind of different. And then the movie Rocky Four opens with Apollo in his pool. So all of the stuff before that, the birthday scene, none of that happens. It opens up with him in the pool. There's no Church's Fried Chicken commercial or Catfish commercial. I was really sad about that. Um, and it, it's you know it never really explained like why Apollo is so pissed off about the Russian, but then they explain it. Um, he talks about how, um, you know that it's it's not what you think it is. <laughs> you he really is mad that, that he thinks that this is the beginning of some Russian propaganda that we we that they're here to make us feel sorry for him. And like he's like I got to put a stop to that. Which is kind of out of character for him. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, but that's why he's so mad. And they also kind of recut the scene where Adrian doesn't really come off so nagging. Like, she's kind of, like, more, like, you know, like, I just really care about you guys. Like, I don't want to see you guys get hurt. Like, you guys aren't, like, as old as you, you know, you're young as you used to be. And, like, you're getting older. Like, you have to shift your focus. And so she's not really just, like, you know, a complainer. Like, she is in, in, the, in the original version. Um, so that's kind of different. Uh, ba, 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 ba. He uh, then it cuts to the first exhibition of Drago's strength, and again Sergey leads like all of that. Like Bridget Nielsen has cut out almost all of it. Um, there's also a dinner scene where um, Apollo, just Apollo and Rocky. It's not a dinner scene. Excuse me. They're like out on his lawn, just talking and throwing a football back and forth, which is kind of weird in a Rocky movie too. Um, talking about you know the fight. Uh, there's also a scene where he goes to the kitchen where Rocky goes to the kitchen and he talks to Adrian and she's just like, you know, your best days are behind you. And she's like, you guys need to start thinking about the future. Da, 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 da. Uh, let's see here. The press, oh, the press conference scene, the first one, it's definitely a different take because the line deliveries are way different. Um, there's more, Drago actually talks more in this one. He's just like, you know, I, I did not come here to lose. Like, I came here to win. You know, I want to show America, like, what what we can do, what we're capable of. <coughs> da, 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 da. Um, but it does kind of play up more of the exhibition kind of being lost in translation, where Apollo thinks it's just kind of for fun, but Drago's like, I'm going to beat this dude's ass. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I didn't come here to lose. So it really kind of plays that up. Um, the, the James Brown sequence is cut down to just about 30 seconds. Uh, but there's also a different part where, like, they shake hands like so when Apollo and, and um, Drago come into the ring, <laughs> you know, like how he like, get your hands up, fool, get your hands up, son, about to go to school. And he like hits his hands <laughs> and like his hands don't move. Well, this time, like he hits Drago's hands and then Drago hits his hands and he almost knocks like Apollo down and like Apollo like kind of recovers. He's just like, oh, fuck. like I'm going to die. Like he has a really worried look on his face. Um, there's also an extended um, interview with, with Drago after the fight <clears throat> talking about, like, I told you, like, I told you, like, this is what I came here for. And they're like, what happens if he dies? And he's just like, mm, if he dies, he dies. So they interview him a little bit more. Um, Tony utilizes Eulog- uh, um, Apollo at the funeral scene. Um, there's a new scene of Rocky that goes before the boxing commission. It's never really under- explained, like, why he has to fight in Russia. And where the belt is, because he doesn't have the belt. Mm-hmm. It is explained in Rocky Four <laughs> after watching it the second time this morning. <laughs> it's just, but it's only explained in a news one of those flashing newspaper headlines. But in the Drago cut, he actually goes before the commission, and they're like, "We're not going to sanction this fight. Like, we don't know anything about this guy. This guy has one fight. He kills somebody. We're not going to sanction a fight, especially with you. Like, if he kills you, or if he seriously hurts you, like." That's blood on our hands. We don't want anything to do with it. 
So they actually ban Drago. And so that's why they have to fight in Russia. Mm. And that's why they have to fight on Christmas Day. And that's why he doesn't have the belt. Because he's like, he's like, well, if I give up the belt, he's just like, we're not going to sanction it. And so Rocky's like, then fine, here. I'm, here's the belt. I, I vacate the belt. So it is explained, but it's just in like a little headline. But this is where it's like a full-blown like 10-minute scene where him arguing with the boxing commission. Um, GDDDDDD. There's a little bit of an extended staircase sequence with Adrian, and you get no easy way out. There's a little bit of an extended talk with the kid who finally shows up like 43 minutes into the movie is when the kid comes in for the first and only time, by the way. <clears throat> He's only in that one scene. Um, Rocky arrives in Russia. Oh, okay. So he's putting up pictures, um, of his family and stuff. And this is another weird thing. He has these inner monologues where he's what, like what he's thinking. Like, he's like, this guy killed my best friend. What do you, what, what do you think he's feeling right now? I don't think I can do this. I'm scared. <sighs> I can't tell those guys I'm scared. It's going to make me look like a chump. I'm not a chump. I'm a fighter. I got a warrior. I'm a warrior. Like so, he has like these <laughs> really bizarre. It's so out of character for a Rocky film to like know what Rocky's thinking, and he does the same thing like where he gets knocked down in the fight, like the with with uh, Drago, and he's just like, "Come on, Rock, get up, get up, prove yourself, Rock. Don't let these people down." Like he's in his brain. I'm just like, this is so weird, you know. Like I don't think in any other Rocky movie he ever had like an inner monologue that was like spoken out loud. But there's that. Um, oh, yeah, I've talked about um, sparring partners. So Rocky's like, well, where my sparring partner's at? And the guy's like, you didn't request any sparring partners. And he's just like, everything you requested is in that barn over there. We don't provide sparring partners. <laughs> and he's just like, what? He's like, how are we supposed to fight with no sparring partners? And he's just like, you did not request it. And he looks at Tony, and he's just like, I forgot. <laughs> so, anyway, so there's like that. Um, they basically cut down to, like I said, I'm kind of going long here. They did use a little bit of different music, um, for the, for the final fight. Um, the end of the fight speech is not like heartfelt and energetic. He just kind of delivers, delivers it kind of flatly. It's another one of those different takes, you know, where he's just kind of like, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Um, he doesn't even wish his kid Merry Christmas <laughs> at the end of the fight. Um, the Russian Imperials do not stand and applaud though. They shoot out of, out of their chairs and they leave. And then Sergey's like got his hands in his, you know, like, oh, my God, like I'm in big trouble. Uh, but Rocky goes over and shakes Drago's hand at the end of it. And then they leave with him walking down the aisle. So my takeaway is no robot. There's no kid. There's no Ivana Spankoff. Um, all the humor bits are removed. All the little charming bits are all removed. They added a few dialogue scenes to make Drago a little bit more human, human a little bit more sympathetic. Um, but I just said... Please give me my exploding fist and horny robots back because that's what I really want <laughs> in my plaid suitcases. So check out Ivan Drago versus Rocky. It's only available on the 4K cut as far as I know, but if anybody says otherwise, then you're probably right. But yeah, you have anything else? Sorry, I think I went way too long on that. <laughs> no, you have a, a workout for us before we oh, get into the totally. top 10 list. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, here's your, your official Rocky uh, workout list. Uh, there, you know, There's a... There's a lot of key moments in Rocky Four that you could work out to. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, condense it down. Uh, we're going to do the training montage. That's just a quick warm up. You're going to jump rope for about five minutes to get your heart rate up mm -hmm. uh, and, and make that heart burn, if you know what I mean. <laughs> then you want a shadow box to uh, mimic Rocky's training montage. They're going to do a little bit of Drago power strength training. 
We're going to do deadlifts, mm-hmm. um, which Drago does in the film. Four sets of eight re- reps to build overall strength. You want to do some bench pressing, three sets of ten for the upper body power. We're going to do some Russian twists to work those abs and that core. Um, we're also going to overhead press 500 pounds mm-hmm. because, you know, if Drago can do it, um, so can you. Uh, then we're going to do some Rocky in the snow running. Um, hopefully it snows three feet at your house. You're going to do some sprints at maximum effort for one minute and then maybe jog for about two minutes. Um, incorporate some uphill sprints. Um, you can use a treadmill um, and you want to make those really um, – insane drago grunts like when you're running uphill or running on the incline uh you want to incorporate uh a little bit of speed and agility training um rocky versus drago we're going to do some cone drills we're going to set up a course and you want to practice some quick direction changes sprint and cut at the cone that's always really good some ladder drills that's going to improve your foot speed and agility uh and then you're ready for the final battle which is long distance running Every Rocky movie has a running sequence, so we're going to top this one off at five miles um, at a moderate pace. We're going to build our endurance, and then we're going to do a victory pose at the end. It's going to do a little bit of stretching, uh, uh, some focus on your all, all your major muscle groups. Just you know, meditate for about 10 or 15 minutes, some controlled breathing exercises just to kind of cool down and think about that love that you get from your Adrian. So, yeah, <laughs> there, there's your Rocky workout. Ooh, all right. Rocky Four, big movie. Yeah. Well, we're gonna uh, switch gears here for a second. Get a little more Christmassy because we are. This is our 2023 Christmas episode. Yes. I have a uh, not a top ten, but a top twenty. Ooh. Top twenty highest grossing Christmas movies. Yes. Unadjusted for inflation. And uh, this is not going to be stuff like Rocky Four and First Blood, where there's incidental Christmas. This yes. is some some pretty hardcore Christmas movies. Yes. All right, number twenty, Last Christmas, from 2019. Ooh. I'm not sure. I think that's a rom com. Ah, sounds like yeah. it. Uh, number nineteen. I'm kind of surprised this one's so low. Jingle all the way. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. We just covered that one last Christmas. <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode and you tell me if it's number 19 or not. Number 18, A Bad Mom's Christmas. What? I don't know. Over, jingle all the way, put the cookie down. This one will make you mad too. Number 17, Die Hard. What? 17? <laughs> no. Number 16, Arthur Christmas. Don't know what that one's about. That's not with Dudley Moore, is it? Mm, oh, I wait. Don't... No, that's an animated one. Remember it? the Arthur movies yeah. from there? Arthur 2 on the Rocks. <laughs> yeah. I was like, did they do a Christmas Arthur? I don't remember yeah. that, but okay. Yeah, this that one or this one was 2011, so. Yeah, okay. Uh, and here we go, number 15, Gremlins. There we go. Uh, I thought that would be a little higher, too. Uh, number 14, Four Christmases. Number 13, The Santa Claus 2. I believe that's the Tim Allen. Yes. Uh, number 12, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms from 2018. I don't think I've ever even seen that or even heard of that film. Number 11, Daddy's Home 2 from 2017. Okay. okay. I think Mark Wahlberg's in that. Yeah. Number 10, The Santa Claus. Yes. Number 9, The Holiday from okay. 2006. Oh, wait. I'm thinking The Ref. Sorry. I thought it was a Dennis Leary one. Uh, number 8, Elf. Elf. That's a good one, though. Yeah. 
Love that. Number seven, Love Actually. Love Actually? Mm. Number six, The Polar Express. Ugh, that's a creepy movie. <laughs> that is nightmare fuel. Number five, uh, the 2009 version of A Christmas Carol. Wait, the Robert Zemeckis one? Uh, with Jim I Carrey as the know. Scrooge? Or, uh, yeah, it was Jim Carrey as Scrooge. I think that's the Jim Carrey one. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. That's so cool. I saw that in the theaters, and you had the 3D glasses on, and it looks like it's snowing in the theater, man. It was awesome. Oh, that was so cool. Cool. Um, so let's see. Number four, uh, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey one. That's a great one. 2000. Yes. All right. Top three highest grossing Christmas movies. Number three, Home Alone 2. Good movie. Lost in New York. We just watched it. Number two, Home Alone. Another great one. We just watched them. And uh, the number one highest grossing Christmas movie of all time, unadjusted for inflation. Uh, this was kind of surprising to me. Uh, the 2018 animated version of The Grinch. Really? That's number one? Number one. $526 million. No Christmas Vacation. No Christmas Story. Um, yeah, no I, Miracle on 34th Street? Christmas Vacation, I think, was like... 29 oh really so it's still kind of a flop but i also heard christmas yeah. story was too at the time wow yeah, yeah there's a lot shocked i mean this is unadjusted for inflation yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sure some of those would kind of bump up a little yeah once you count like because those movies definitely found their audience way past yeah their release dates you know yeah so there you go wow christmas movies Christmas is just a great time of year. <laughs> I really do. Like, I really love this time of year. Um, it, I, we always called it our bulky month yeah. um, because we eat and we eat and we eat and then we train and we train and we train and we grow muscles and we just love Christmas. But, um, so is that going to kind of wrap up for us, you think? That's all I got. Yeah. yeah, I think that's all I got. I think that was enough. Uh, I, I probably went way too long and went way too fast. But, God damn it, I love this movie so much. Um, yeah, if you have any uh, questions or, or uh, comments, you can reach us at um, pumpaction at gmail.com. Um, our pump action podcast, excuse me, at gmail.com. Um, and if you are interested, as if we heard, I wanted to thank um, Groff Holzfjota from ArnoCore for providing us the promo that you heard at the very beginning. Um, we are actually putting out there something kind of different for us we're going to see if there's any biters out there but um, what we have done is we have come up with an Arnold Schwarzenegger inspired workout um, there are different programs that you can choose from um, biceps triceps glutes um, you know, quads you know deltoids back uh, you know, there's, uh, even core uh, you know training programs but they're all inspired after Arnold Schwarzenegger movies we have those for sale. Um, we don't have a website or anything. But if you are interested, you can message us over at um, pumpaction underscore podcast at Instagram. Um, or you can email us at um, pumpactionpodcast at gmail.com. Our training programs, it's old school. Um, we are going to literally mail it to you. Um, you know, I'm going to print them off on a nice color printer. I'm even going to staple it with some nice staples. 
We're going to fold it up and we're going to put it into an envelope um, all for the low, low price of $10 per program. And like I said, if you're interested in pumping up your pecs, we got a program for that. If you want to um, you know, get your ass to Mars with our Total <laughs> Recall Glute Workout, we have that. Um, let us know. Um, they're $10 a piece. Um, for an extra $5, we will make you a custom CD of our favorite pump jam music. Um, and again, we're not going to email you some noodle bullshit uh, MP3s. This is physical media, guys. We, we are in a physical, uh, you know, we're all about physical here. So I'm not going to just email it to you. I'm not going to just, you know, uh, uh, text it to you. I'm going to send it to you in the mail, old school style, so that you can go to your mailbox every day and see if you have a package from Pump Action. But, um, yeah, so for $5, you will, we'll make you a custom playlist. We have several to choose from. We're just going to put out a number, one through eight, and you can just pick. We're not going to tell you the songs because that takes a lot of the fun out of it. <laughs> but um, you're just going to tell us, you know, pump action number two or pump action number three pump jams. We'll send out that CD um, right along with your training program. If you have a Walkman, you know, you can carry that Walkman with you. You can throw the CD into your, your, your CD Walkman and, um, you know, pump along with us. And this is the secret. You know, we're, we're letting you in on, a, on our pump action secrets. And I, I couldn't be more excited because I've had um, several, several people email me. Just, you know, Typhoon, T-Bone, how? How do you guys stay in such magnificent shape? And I just thought, you know, we'll start selling our secrets. You know, so if you want to get big and you want to get muscular and you want to put on some pounds and, you know, reattach your goddamn balls, you know, this is how you do it. So... Reach out to us, uh, pumpactionpodcast at gmail.com, $10, um, you can cash app us, um, or you can um, send us a check. Uh, actually, no personal checks. Um, Spinguli told me, don't ever let they take personal checks. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just do the cash app, but we will definitely send you something. You know, Pick your program, pick your pump jam CD uh, for $15. Um, it's a steal, wouldn't you say? I would. Yes. So, um, so, yeah, until next time, uh, I don't know what else we have going on. We've got another Christmas one. You think we just want to just maybe take a break? Yeah, I guess it'll be a surprise. Yeah, it'll be a surprise. We might have another Christmas program for you. We don't know yet. Um, but, again, that's all the fun of it. Keep you guessing. we got to keep you on your toes. we got to confuse the most important muscle, <laughs> the brain. That's right. Because just when you think you guys have all the answers, we change the questions. <laughs>
to marine ship triceps, kunale quadriceps, all of these kinds of things. Choose your path to greatness. Now freely do the arm crossfit bullshit here. Only the real deal of twisted steel and sex appeal. Hey, and for an extra $5, we'll design a custom 80s metal power playlist to pump through your Walkman in a total amalgam of maximum gains. If you're lucky, we'll even include some autocore too. All right, soon you'll be fucking the same tooth while the naysayers are holding the goddamn tail. Good! For safety and risk of pregnancies, women not allowed. 